On your Friday episode of Locked on Raptors, we're eating our vegetables, baby. We're talking about the Toronto Raptors defense, which was supposed to be the real strength of this squad, has not been that so far. And here to break it all down with us is Dave Dufour of The Athletic and, of course, the Georgian national basketball team. The guy knows a thing or two about defense. We'll get to all that coming up on today's show. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked on Raptors, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, Every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free time of the Hail Mary 3 by Mopey. Get that garbage out of here. going on and welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Friday, December the 22nd, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the website that don't work so good, at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors, and of course, you can come hang out in our Locked On Raptors Discord server. The link is in the description. It's free to join. We'd love to see you join all the little sickos in there who love the pod, who love talking ball, and love doing so in a place that's not like mean and toxic like the rest of the internet so come hang out free to join we'd love to see you in there as always you can find the show for free wherever you get your podcasts on the audio side of things and we are on youtube you can subscribe hit the little notification bell and if you do that you're never going to miss an episode when it goes live and that is a perfect thing for all the everydayers out there who every listener of the show should be an everydayer at this point if you're not get on the train hit that notification bell and join us on the tube each and every day all right today's show it's brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to a hundred bucks. And we are off and running here with a show about defense, a thing the Toronto Raptors have not done exceptionally well this season. And here to help us understand what the hell is going on here and why the Raptors simply cannot get stops. It is Dave Dufour from The Athletic, from, of course, uh, his work as an assistant coach for the Georgian national basketball team, and a man making his appearance, his first appearance on this podcast since November 2018, <laughs> when we talked about the Jimmy Butler trade and what it meant for the Raptors in the Eastern Conference. It's been some time. Dave, you're looking good as ever, though. How, how are you, pal? Thank you. Um, I'm great. It's funny. We haven't spoken since the Raptors won a title. That's That's nuts. Amazing. crazy we i mean we, we spoke we've, last we've <laughs> yeah, go ahead we've chatted but like yeah. not like done a pod yeah yeah, yeah. um no, that's it's... that's pretty incredible um you know I, this team is it's the same as last year man like um it's the same <laughs> as the year before and it's it's the same as it's been since uh Kawhi left um it's very murky mm-hmm. we, you know on nerder that came out today we 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 pulled out the panic meter Mm-hmm. And I just, I, there is no panic because it's the exact same. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, I use the analogy of like the boiled frog, which is actually an incorrect usage of like, is that, that's not how it works. Um, but with, with Toronto, that's what it is. It's kind of like the same. I, I almost like as an analyst, you're almost gaslit a little bit because it's like, I don't know, man, these guys are good. like, yeah, OG Ananobi's really good. And Pascal Siakam, I mean, he's all NBA player. And then they get together and it looks like this. It's um, it's bad, but it's always kind of been this. I called them Atlanta North. 
this oh, is you gotta do there. that man really? it is what it is that the, the truth is uh, the only the only difference between this and like the demar de rosen teams even i mean at least the demar de rosen teams were more competitive than this um they had a higher ceiling than this team mm-hmm. yeah but they had more of an identity than this team i there is no one on the squad except for Jakob Pertl that has an identifiable role. Period. Yeah. Yeah. What's his position? I know. I can tell you his position. And I understand that positionless basketball, but that that's it's not 100% true, right? Mm-hmm. You need to have roles. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, this team is extremely confusing, but it's been confusing for a while. Brother, I've been doing a daily podcast I, about this I team know, man. the last I feel for uh, you. <laughs> three seasons. And yeah, it's a little Groundhog day sometimes. It does feel a little different this year, though. Um, a, like, first off, people seem to, like, enjoy coming to work, which they didn't seem to last year. So that's, like, a step up. Um, Selfish, but, right? Is that what, yeah. That's the word of the summer, right? Man, oh, man. But that's the difference is, you know, Nick Nurse, of course, very good coach. We're seeing what he's doing with the Philadelphia 76ers. He knows what he's doing. And he had this team, even though everyone hated him by the end, playing a very distinct way. You knew what the Toronto Raptors of last season and the year before were trying to do. They were trying to be hyper-aggressive. They were trying to force turnovers to win the possession battle, to account for their very bad half-court offense. And while I think it kind of came unspooled and it maybe wasn't the best way uh, of going about managing an 82-game season, they had an identity. This is where the defense for this team comes in. For me, uh, the Raptors right now ranked 13th in defense per clean the glass or 14th, I think, on NBA.com, which isn't like as bad as it feels. They feel like they've been a lot worse and they have been a lot worse. They were hanging around the top 10 for a good long stretch at the start of the season, and it's been steadily declining ever since then. They got fat and sassy on the Hornets, who had like four players on Monday. Um, so that, you know, kind of boosted their numbers for our chat here. We're also recording before they play the Nuggets, so things could just descended to hell once again very soon here. Um, but when you watch this Raptors team play defense, Dave, we can leave the offense and the roles aside for, for now. Like, what do you think they're trying to do defensively? Because I have yet to figure it out. You look at all of the know. sort of the shot chart and, you know, the, the frequency and all this stuff. It's like they just they don't funnel shots to one place. It's just they're mid at giving up shots from everywhere. They're kind of getting killed at the rim right now in terms of, uh, you know, just percentage allowed. But nothing really stands out as like a hallmark of this defense or a thing they're necessarily doing particularly bad. What is this defense when you look at it? If you had to guess, what would you say they're trying to accomplish? I- I, I'm legitimately not sure. I think some of this is uh, <laughs> thanks, um, Coach. Falling, what are you falling, here for? <laughs> I know falling back, and, and well, part of it is I'm not in these meetings. Um, mm-hmm. But but I think a lot of it is uh, a mixture of falling into some of the Adrian Griffin defense principles. Don't forget mm-hmm. that's the guy that was running that defense, and we saw in Milwaukee try to run the same thing. It doesn't work. Different personnel. Um, you know, your personnel matters, and, and maybe that's something that Toronto's coaching staff should take in mind. Uh, but it, it's almost like you're trying to position Jakob Pertl to protect the rim mm-hmm. and then mix in a little bit of aggressiveness that you've had previously. You really, if you're going to play Jakob Pertl 28 minutes a night, you have to think about it more a, a, of a drop coverage and, and mm-hmm. go conventional. Maybe you're switching on the perimeter some, and, and you've got, I mean, any team would, would kill to have OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, and Pascal Siakam to switch on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. 
just seems to me like that would be the like, oh, yeah, we can do that. We've got three guys that are pretty interchangeable, similar body types. Obviously, OG is, you know, the, the best of those three, but the, the other two, not slouches. Mm-hmm. Just see none of that. Um, so I'm not sure, man. Like, it, it feels like he's still in a bit of a feeling out period trying to see who who he can trust to do what. But also, sure. it's a lot of Dennis Schroeder. So like, there's also like, there's the personnel side of this too. Um, mm-hmm. And Schroeder as, as this with such a heavy offensive load, I mean, cause he's, you know, responsible for so much of the offense. He can't do the, the defense that he was doing for the Lakers mm-hmm. in, in the playoffs, you know um, he's just not able to, to hold up. So I don't know. I'm confused, uh, but it's a lot of its roster, a lot of its roster. Yeah. I mean, that's the case with uh, this has been the case with this team for the last couple of years, right? Nick Nurse plays the defense he played because he had the roster he had. And I think we're seeing now that it's hard to sort of shape a very bizarre roster, it, you know, regardless of what your best intentions are. I think that for this team should be more of an issue on the offensive end than the defensive end. And strangely enough, I know they're like 19th in offense right now. But they feel like they have more of a plan on offense than they do on defense at this point, which is kind of startling considering what this team was billed as coming in. Yeah, they're going to be that on offense, but they just have the defensive horses here. And unlike the Nick Nurse, Adrian Griffin era where they didn't quite trust the individual one-on-one talent to just do defense in one-on-one situations, it's they have kind of, I, I think, done that a little bit more this year. Said, hey, you know, we got the horses. Let's go try it. But like... It doesn't seem to quite be translating into uh, you know night to night you know good results. They've had moments, they've had stretches as they're 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 wanting to do. They have lots of very talented defensive players. That's what happens. But it doesn't feel like the overall talent, top to bottom on the roster, has translated to what they want to do. And I still think Darko's figuring out, like you said, like how do we best deploy these guys? I want to get into this a little bit more and sort of the idea of. Are they underperforming their talent or is the defensive talent maybe not what we thought it was? We'll get to that in just a second here, Dave. But first, got to tell people about our good friends over at BetterHelp. Today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And look, it's a tough time of year. You got the, the seasonal blues. It's you know very busy. It's dark out all the time. And maybe you got just some stuff you got to sort out. The holidays are a great time to take care of yourself and figure out how you can be good to yourself. What kind of gifts can you give to yourself to be a better you going into the new year? And therapy can do just that for you. If you've benefited from therapy, uh, it, 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 you know, you know, and I have not personally really partaken myself, but I know lots of people who have very much benefited from just having somebody to talk to. There's no agenda that is there to listen to you and what you have to say and offer you insights as to, you know, what actually are your motivations? What is the right decision for you to make at a certain time? It's not just for if you've gone through major trauma, it is there to help you sort through all the gook that's in your head. Cause we all got the gook to sort out, especially at this time of year. In the season to give and give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. Okay, we continue on here. Dave Dufour from The Athletic is here to uh, try to make sense of the Toronto Raptors defense. Not doing a great job of that. Neither of us are so far because it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, You mentioned Dennis Schroeder, Dave. I want to go there because you know you mentioned the idea of oh Jakob Pertl should be more in a drop heavy scheme and I totally agree with that at the rim Jakob Pertl does a pretty darn good job and I think Pertl has kind of become a bit of the whipping boy obviously the trade everyone's mad about all that stuff um, I don't think 
the issues of the Raptors defense can solely be placed on the shoulders of Jakob Pertl. And in fact, I kind of think all of the issues they've had begin with the point of attack defense. And you mentioned Dennis Schroeder not being able to kind of uh, have the same energy for his defensive assignments that he had on the Lakers last season. You know, there's a way they could do that by having Dennis Schroeder run less possessions, but that's a story for another day when we talk about the offense some other time. But I've been kind of honing in the last little while here on Dennis Schroeder, and I have just been blown away by how bad he is at navigating screens. It's been a nightmare. He's like eight feet behind the play. You have the games against the Hawks last week where he is just getting totally lost at the point of attack. Trey Young's getting downhill. There's no defender on his hip. He's just there alone. And Jakob Pertl standing there in the in-between. Like, do I stop, try to stop the lob to Clint Capella or put the hand up in front of the floater? Like, it's kind of a no-win situation for Jakob Pertl in those spots just because there is no help on the back end coming around in the form of Dennis Schroeder. Obviously, Gary Trent Jr. and Malachi Flynn don't exactly comprise a strong defensive uh, shield in the rest of the guard rotation. Um, and it's just led me to think here, you know, Schroeder, obviously, he's got a defensive reputation. It hasn't been there so far this season. We talked about Jakob Pertl. We know OG Ananobi is a great defender, but is this a situation where you think the talent on the roster should be better than the 13th defense in the league, Dave? I mean, theoretically, yes, but not the way it's deployed. And, and yeah. also, as you just mentioned, if your point of attack defender is going to die on screens or just give relatively low effort, not chase even, mm -hmm. um, it, you're not really putting much pressure on the ball handler to make decisions. And you're leaving Jakob Pertl in no man's land, right? He's got to guard two and sometimes three guys, depending on what's happening in the dunker and the corner. And you don't have this jaron jackson sort of guy as yeah. your four who who is the weak side helper who's going to protect the rim that's the thing that they're really missing it's to... been scotty in spots it's been yeah, pretty fun it, it right but it, it is not consistent now maybe you need to just make a, a real commitment to putting scotty in that spot you say mm -hmm. hey this is who you are for us defensively not you know, we we don't want you out on on the perimeter so much. We want you roaming the baseline a little bit more on the uh, on the weak side. And mm -hmm. he can still jump passing lanes because I know like that's a big thing for him is he likes to play passing lanes. So he can still jump those passing lanes from back then. I, I would actually be sending him clips with LeBron, mm -hmm. especially the bubble run. The way that sure. LeBron and Anthony Davis were providing rim protection in the in the bubble run to the title. That is the blueprint here for, for the Toronto Raptors. They could do that with Scotty Barnes in that LeBron role. He's not going to be as good. He, he doesn't mm -hmm. have the instincts for it. He doesn't I mean LeBron is LeBron. Uh, but he could certainly provide a little bit more and maybe bump them up uh, quite a bit. But it at least gives you someone there to provide resistance and force a kick out so mm -hmm. that they're not finishing so well around the basket. I mean, you know, it's tough in the NBA with the three-second rule. You can't just camp out inside. And this is one way to counteract that. So at least that, you know, teams aren't able to get wide open layups and dunks. So that's a way to do it. And, and still you're dealing with the problems of the point of attack defense. I mean, Rudy Gobert could write a book about this, uh, <laughs> what Jakob is dealing with. Um, but also Jakob maybe isn't as good as he was two years ago. Sure. You know, and, and he's been a very good defensive center, drop defensive center. Um, but this is not, I mean, it's too much space for him. He's not Brooke Lopez. He's not as big as Brooke Lopez. So center field doesn't work as well for him. He, he often, I feel he, he has to come up too high in this defense mm -hmm. and then he's cooked. So yeah. um, this would allow him, if he does come up high, you've got some cover on the backside and hopefully that makes up for what 
whatever the hell it is Dennis Schroeder's doing up top. <laughs> um, but I, I'm way more worried. Look, I mean, I know you, you know, you wanted to talk defense. I'm a lot more worried about the way they play offense. Sure. Um, it, you mentioned personnel before, or maybe I did before. We, we've both said personnel. Sure. Pers- personnel is the problem. Yeah. It's an ill fitting roster both ways. Mm-hmm. And this is a team that's kind of overdue for some trades. And I don't want to be the trade guy because I actually can't stand that. Like, I'm not into trades at all. <laughs> but the, once but again, team, the daily podcast grind makes you have yeah. to become a trade machine freak by nature. I, and I don't well, like it, man. <laughs> I get it. But but this is, I mean, I, my question, I, let me ask you a question. I'm going to flip it. Yeah, what's up? So we watched last year. They, they rode out Fred Van Vliet. He's out the door. Mm-hmm. Turned it into nothing. Are they willing to do that again? I don't think so. I think I'd be pretty shocked. If, I, my sort of read on this is they're using the next little while to decide who they want to pay between OG and Pascal. I think right now I would put Pascal in the driver's seat for that because I, like him and Scotty have played pretty beautifully off one another, I would say, over the last month or so. They're really kind of figuring out that partnership, and it does come down to the personnel around them, which just isn't very good, complicated by the fact that Darko is kind of refusing to play the lineups that make the most sense around those guys and leaning on this starting five, which is clearly kind of broken on both ends of the floor. Um, but yeah, I, I think if we get past the deadline and either you know Pascal hasn't been extended or hasn't been traded, like I think they're comfortable going into the summer if just OG is there to figure out and they know, hey, we don't really have a walkaway number like we have with Fred. Um, you know, we'll, you know, we traded Pascal by the deadline. We kind of know there's an understanding here. OG is going to be sort of the number two next to Scotty with whatever we do this summer. I, I think that's fine. I would be pretty floored if both of those guys are unresolved in any way, shape, or form going through the deadline. Maybe is that happens. Scotty the guy? Is that the franchise? I think if you don't think he is, then what are you really doing? And I think what he's done this season, the fact that he's like a high volume, 39% three point shooter, that doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon is pretty massive. And I think the, you know, six times a game and the, the, just sort of the creativity he's bringing, I feel pretty good about where Scotty's headed. And I think if you have like a Scotty Pascal tandem, I think you could argue like two, two years from now, you're probably looking at two all NBA level ish guys here, you know, depending on the year. And I think that's a pretty good foundation. Yeah, I, the thing is that Pascal, you know, being he, he'll be thirty next season, right? Um, yeah, or, I'm not so worried. He turned about thirty this year. this year. Yeah, I think he's thirty, 30 this, year. this year. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and not necessarily right, but I just thinking yeah. timeline wise, um, you know, Scotty. Oh, I'm the wrong person to talk about, about timelines. I don't. Yeah, care about <laughs> no, no, no. Of course, but Scotty, <laughs> like you players. know, the idea is Scotty Barnes maybe hits his his prime in like four more years. Let's say sure. three more years. Um, then you're dealing with the tail end of a Pascal Siakam contract, which, you know, on this next deal, he's probably getting paid more for the first two years uh, mm-hmm. of production versus the last two years of production. So I, I think the to me, if you're choosing between the two and you're Toronto, OG probably makes the most sense. I just don't know if they should choose between the two, move on from both, or just mm-hmm. keep them both and try to keep building around them because you know they're in such a tricky spot and part of that is because of past failures so yeah um when you ask what's wrong with the defense i think it's the same thing that's wrong with the offense and it's that this basketball team doesn't make a lot of sense Mm -hmm. 
I would also add on the defense thing too. You know, the personnel, you know, I was pretty bullish on the defense coming into the year. I think I picked them to finish like top five because I just hey, thought on paper, man, because really you look at those talent, guys, right? Yeah. right? And you just and say, we haven't even talked about Precious Achua, who, right. like that dude, like the whole thing is can his offense be just kind of okay to keep his defense on the floor? Because that dude unlocks all kinds of things, you know, lots of switching, lots of, he's pretty good as like a, a backline rim, rim protector. He's not really like a deterrent, but uh, he'll contest pretty damn well back there. Um, you know, yeah, I think the talent is there. I continue to just come back to the, to the schemes and, and wondering, is there a better way to deploy these guys? And really the, the, the biggest change I think that we saw like last year, Fred Van Vliet wasn't exactly an ace at the point of attack, right? That was where he'd slowed down. He was a great dig down guy, a great team defender, but point of attack, he was getting cooked basically every night, regardless of who the opponent was across from him. But this year it's very similar in the degree to which Dennis Schroeder is getting cooked. But last year's Raptors were so eager to help that that first line gets broken and all of a sudden OG's there poking a ball free or, or Pascal's there poking a ball loose or, or Fred's digging down and doing his thing. And there's just all these sort of other checkpoints in place that the offense had to get through in order to get a good shot off. Now it doesn't feel like they have liberal help whatsoever. Again, they've kind of overcorrected to this very conservative scheme. And I think that's playing into it. it it's a... Uh, it's bizarre, what, man. Why yeah. have all these people with seven foot wingspans and not use them? That's right. Like, make, I, I, again, man, I don't. It doesn't make any something. sense to me. Yeah, like, you. This team could play the amoeba defense. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it. They could do anything. Matchup yeah. zone, and they would actually be pretty good at matchup zone, uh, yeah. especially because of Jakob. Um, they could do anything. But, mm -hmm. but you, you talking about Fred Van Vliet getting cooked, but, but also talking about the dig downs. Mm -hmm. He chased. He, now he he got cooked, but he didn't quit, and that's exactly. the difference, right? Like yeah. point of attack pressure isn't just like, oh, I'm shutting you down. I'm shutting you down. He's pushing them to the right person, pushing mm -hmm. them to the right space, following. I mean, going around the screen eventually, and, and staying in the play, staying active. So at least like the the other release valves aren't there, and you don't get that sort of second and third effort from from Dennis Schroeder and it does seem like the, the the call is to be more conservative to be more in your own lane defensively mm -hmm. and that's why you're not getting the the higher end playmaking despite having high-end defensive playmakers so you know I, I I think that there's there are fixes but it requires them to really just go back to what they've been doing say hey look we need to play more like this let's be a little bit more wild or you say, hey, Scotty, you're going to play more on the back line, play that play that baseline, and, and hopefully help Jakob do his job better. There's got to be a happy medium between Nick Nurse's all-out, we are never letting a star get over half-court defense, and the Raptors kind of, you know, everyone can do their own thing type of defense right now, I would think. Yeah. Um, we'll come back, Dave. We'll, I want to talk to you about Darko Ryakovich. You're a coach. You know, I, I, I just... It's hard to judge coaches in year one. There are things that have annoyed me about the Darko experience so far. There are things that I've quite liked. I kind of want to get into that. We'll see if there's any other defense stuff that pops up. We'll we'll get to it. But I'm kind of just digging, going all over the place on the Raptors with you because you know what the hell you're talking about. We'll get to that in just one second. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks, the single best way to play daily fantasy sports. 
you got to go check him out. It's super easy. All you got to do is you're picking two to six players on a given night, whether they will get more or less than their prize picks projection in a given stat. It's that simple. You're not up against some shadow expert or a thousand rosters put together by people you don't even know. It's just you against the projections the way it should be. If you get all six players right on a six-player entry, you're going to have to 25 times your money. That is pretty Sweet. And with the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three pointers made in receptions. You can go and make an entry all built around that. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked at NBA. Use the code locked at NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked at NBA, code locked at NBA for a first deposit match to Hundred bucks with prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, rounding out the show here with Dave Dufour of the Athletic. Uh, be- reminder before we jump on in, uh, Locked On Sports twenty four seven is the first of its kind twenty four seven YouTube streaming channel. Locked On Sports national shows, local shows covering all the biggest stories around the NBA or around the sports world as well. You can go check that out uh, actually when you finish watching here on youtube if you're watching the video you'll be directed right to that channel so you can subscribe go ahead and do that all right dave let's round it out kind of going around here talking all sorts of raptors stuff started with the defense but as it turns out this team is an amorphous blob of meh and so there's plenty of stuff to talk about um darko Ryakovich was super highly touted coming in as just like a guy that people like and i think that was the right kind of correction for this team to make after <laughs> seemingly nobody liked Nick Nurse by the end of last year. Some guys wear out their welcome. It is what it is. You miss a lot of the tactical stuff from Nurse, no doubt. I don't think miss people are missing like the media callouts every two days and stuff like that. Not on the um, offensive yeah. end, by the way. No, yeah, no, you're 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 totally right. Uh, the offense was bad, very, very bad. <laughs> so, and, and look, I, I do think we've seen steady progression from this also pretty bad offense, which is nice to see. I think that's a lot of Scotty getting more comfortable. I think that's uh, the Scotty Pascal tandem figuring out kind of how they can play off one another and leverage it into good shots elsewhere. That's been nice. The Darko stuff, I mean, the starting lineup is one of the worst high leverage lineups or high volume lineups in the NBA. It stinks and it keeps on stinking every time it hits the floor. They won the game against the Hornets on Monday because they went away from that lineup to close for like the first time all year. And it was beautiful. Um, Shouldn't have needed like a big tactical change to beat the Hornets, but I digress. What's your sort of read on Darko so far? Obviously, you're it's hard. You're not there. It's really hard to yeah. judge any coach, right? It's like an impossible task. And it's a job where you can't judge anybody until they've done it for like a year or two, unless you're Nate Bjorkman. Uh, you can't judge oh, anyone yeah, oh my God. for a while, right? <laughs> but what's your read been of like what Darko's brought schematically to the Raptors on both ends? Um, and just sort of like, I, I, there's lots of like calls already from Raptors fans being like, they should have hired Jordy Fernandez. I'm not going to go there yet. Because also that's totally Canadian noble, nationalism, but. man. That's all that is. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, you know, like I don't yeah. want to do this. I don't want to be a jerk about this, but like nobody knows anything about any of these coaches. Just like, oh. like, just relax. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you don't. You know what I mean? Like, people do. I don't yeah. mostly, right? Like, mm-hmm. a, a lot of these guys, they have coaching backgrounds and histories that you don't know about. Um, you know, you don't know what they're responsible for, even in their yep. previous job, unless you've talked to someone, you know, it's just, it's so funny. Um, Greg Popovich just had an 18 game losing streak. Is mm-hmm. he a bad coach? 
Now, and and I'm Is not even now? a coach defender. <laughs> I mean, he might have maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, I'm not even like this kind of like coach defender. I think largely mm-hmm. coaches don't, especially in the NBA. The NBA is a player-driven league. Mm-hmm. Player-driven league. Um, you can tell by the end of games. Look at the shots some of these guys take. There's no way coaches are saying, hey, go out there and dribble 17 times until there's four <laughs> seconds left on the clock. And then I want you to hop around on two feet, uh, turn around and throw up a, a prayer with your eyes closed. There's just no way. It just doesn't yeah. happen. But that's superstar shot. So you don't tell them what to do. It's also um, a Dennis Schroeder shot uh, if you've been watching all right. for the Raptors this year. I think Dennis Schroeder maybe gets a little bit too much trust from Darko. But this is what you know. younger coaches, are, especially running their own program, are kind of want to do. Mm-hmm. I think Dennis knows what he wants. He knows what Darko wants. And, and right. it's more of a, can you please help me set the example? Now, I think that that's not working out all that great. Uh, and they'll have to move away from it. But I, I would say this. So far, the offense, I, I understand the vision. Yeah. That's all that matters. The, oh, they here's the sandbox. A, a good basketball coach says, here's the offense that I think we can run with what we have. Here's mm-hmm. our sandbox. Let's go play. And now you're seeing these guys, they're learning the rules of, of the system, where the reads are going to be, you know, who, and they're learning to, how to play basketball with each other. Completely different system than they were running last year. Um, I, I, it's a lot of Pascal post-ups for me still, but you know, Hey, it's a good play. They get lots of it. It is a good play. Um, but it's still a lot of it. I I would rather Mm -hmm. see them get more early motion, but at least they get into those post-ups early. So, you know, I I think that that's a work in progress and it should be expected. This was, you know, this is kind of, it's not a new team, but Dennis is new. So, you know, when you have a new point guard, things are different, Mm -hmm. new offense, completely new vibes. You know, from trying to recover from the last couple of years, <laughs> the defense is what it is. I think that they will improve, but I would say a quarter of the way, I mean, a little over a quarter of the way into his first season as a head coach, if anybody has any strong opinions about him, they just don't, they really just shouldn't. Let's put it yeah. that way. I don't want to insult anybody, but if your opinions are strong about a coach this early, who is like, I mean, again, they're like 11 and 15. This is not a yeah. team that is 2 and 24. Monty Williams, if you've got opinions about Monty Williams, I'll listen. <laughs> My opinion on Monty Williams is I will love him if it means that Jaden Ivey becomes poachable in a trade so the Raptors can try to acquire My a guard. My goodness, uh, Jaden Ivey would be great there. Um, Let's actually, yeah, I want so to ask you this. I think, Darko, hold on, but I want to finish yeah. because I do think like there is going to be – you know, there's going to be a lot of growing pains with the new coach, no matter what. Speaking of, the Milwaukee Bucks are going through this with Adrian Griffin. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is good teams aren't immune to this. A new coach, you're going to have growing pain, growing pains, especially if you're you're changing things up. New schemes take a while to get comfort, mm-hmm. right? Like you you go out there as a player and, and you play for multiple seasons under one head coach. Okay, we're kind of doing the same stuff all the time. We might add wrinkles here and there as the season goes on, but for the most part, you know your assignment, you know your role. We switch it a little bit, but not too much. And mm-hmm. then you get a new head coach, and everything is going to be different. Their defense has been completely different. Their offense is, I mean, that's it's amazing how much different it is. Night and day. And yeah. so, yeah. And so I think as we see these guys get more and more comfortable, they should be better at it. The issue is their ceiling. It is a it is a roster ceiling as well. It's not just a this is all new. They have a roster issue too. So I, I think judging judging Darko based on success would be 
success or failure is wrong. You got to look yeah. at that process, right? They are processing, I think, well. Um, you know, I, I hate I hate to be the guy who does this live on a podcast because I should have had this pulled up, but you know, it, it didn't occur to me that that we would actually go here. Let me mm-hmm. just see what the last two weeks have looked like for the Raptors from from like just a offensive defensive rating net rating. I mean, so the last two weeks has actually been worse for them. Yeah. Um, in, They've in fallen defense, on hard times, right? no doubt. They had the but, losing streak, yeah. <clears throat> but offensively, it's gotten better. Yeah. And so I, I think that, you know, like the the offensive improvement, the comfort in doing that stuff is better. The The defense has to change, mm-hmm. like style of play. Uh, you're not going to comfort your way out of that. They've got They've got personnel issues with the way that they're trying to play. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, and, and look, yeah, this is the whole thing. You, you know, I feel like they came into this season. A lot of talk was about. I think I was the only person at Media Day to ask a question about defense. Uh, it was just like offense, offense, offense. This is the thing we're doing. And you know, maybe that was that's been the priority. Maybe that's been well, it's because people undervalue defensive right? scheme. Yeah. People also undervalue that. defensive scheme, and mm-hmm. they just think, well, these guys. They last year. This is what, what were they last year in defense? They were um, sixth after the trade you. for Yak. Yeah. Yeah. Well, last mm-hmm. year they were this. They'll just mm-hmm. walk right into that. Mm-hmm. They did it with the Bucks, even though people were like, "Well, they yeah, they won't miss Drew Holiday all that bad. Their their defense will drop off some." Sure, uh, forgetting that Damian Lillard is maybe <laughs> if he's not the worst, he's the second. He's Schroeder worst. adjacent. Uh, <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. The, Schroeder Schroeder is a lockdown defender compared to Damian Lillard. So, uh, you know, it, it, I just think that scheme is scheme is one of these things. And I'm glad, I mean, we started with scheme, right? Mm-hmm. But scheme is one of the things that's just undervalued. Look all look at how much grief Rudy Gobert took in Utah for yeah. failures that were not his. Mm-hmm. He got played off the court because the offense couldn't keep up with opposing teams because point of attack defense was non-existent for him. Mm-hmm. That was it. So I, I just think the scheme the scheme is underrated. They're going to have to change it. But who knows if they do it this year? We'll see. I, I think that whatever they, whatever moves they're going to make that they need to make, after that all shakes out, I'll start to take a look, a harder look at what they're doing and say, okay, they're not learning from their mistakes mm-hmm. if they haven't made changes. I, uh, I think that's pretty well put, and I think that's a pretty good spot to leave this off. Dave, really appreciate it, man. Love talking ball with you. It's uh, yeah. We won't make it 1,000, 1,100 episodes between appearances. That's uh, insane. How about that? That's yeah, insane. Really, really I, 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 I hate that tidbit, <laughs> but also it's really funny. All right, we'll wrap it there. Dave, anything you want to promote for the good people out there? You know what? Hey, uh, I know like we're technically competitors, but we do fun stuff at the Athletic NBA show, man. Um, yeah. We're, we're – we're doing things a little bit differently, I think, in the NBA media sphere. And we try to keep it fun and, and positive over there. So it's a good time. Uh, and also the analysis is pretty good. So go and check that out and, uh, you know, give us some reviews. And review this podcast, by the way. You guys can do that for me. Give this guy a five-star review <laughs> uh, and, and leave a review. By the way, tell him you love me in the review. Yeah. That's always good for me. But yeah. the reviews really help uh, these podcasts do do better and find new audience, which is kind of the goal of the entire thing. So go give Locked On Raptors and Sean a review if you're a listener. I mean, literally, like, do it right now. Just look at you promoting the podcast wait, better than I go ever and have. do it. Well, you know, <laughs> hey, you're like me, man. I'm about to work too. I, I'm a bad yeah. self promoter. So whenever I'm a guest on a podcast, I always try to remind that audience as a visitor, hey, 
you know what? You guys can help this podcast you love by going to <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts and leaving a five-star review. If you don't have five stars to give, keep it to yourself. You're the king, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, you've earned yourself a, an appearance before 2028. So uh, <laughs> we'll get you on sometime soon again. Uh, everyone go check out all of Dave's stuff over the athletic. Go root for the Georgian national basketball team as well. Please. And uh, yeah, as always, follow, subscribe, rate, review, review, review. Listen to Dave. Uh, go also, hey, give an board. honest review. Yeah, yeah, an you honest review. You think I give stink. five stars. I listen to it, but you can tell me if you think I stink. That's fine. Um, people do that enough on the internet already. It's cool. Uh, we'll be back again on Monday, or not Monday. Monday's Christmas. So we'll be back again Tuesday. A little post Christmas mailbag action we'll get at you with. So uh, if you have questions, join the Discord. That's where you get the mailbag questions in, put them in the mailbag chat. Don't be like some of the people in the Discord who put questions in and then answer their own questions or answer other people's <laughs> questions before I can get to them. Don't love that. Uh, but thanks so much for tuning in. Enjoy the game against the Sixers tonight and have yourselves a wonderful, wonderful holiday. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. Thanks so much, everyone. Bye-bye.